You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the Break a Bat podcast where baseball meets Broadway. An attempt to show that my two favorite mediums don't have to live in such separate worlds and maybe even break some stigmas. We're happy to have you with us. Now let's play ball. Hello and welcome to Break a Bat. I'm your host, Al Malafrante, coming at you from the remote batter's box for yet another edition of the Break a Bat Quarantine Series. We do have a pretty cool one in store for you. I'd have to say it's right up the alley of our genre, so I'm definitely excited about that. Our special guest is actually someone who's pretty well known in the baseball circuit as a pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And I'd have to say, along with Araldus Chapman of the Yankees, definitely one of the more prominent members of the baseball and Broadway crossover community. As this offseason, uh, he went from the pitcher's mound to the recording studio to channel his love of musical theater towards an all-new album of show tunes, A Pitch at Broadway, available wherever you get your music. And he's nice enough to join us today. So if you'll please turn your attention to home plate, just beyond the marquee, now batting, Stephen Brault. What's up, Steve? Hey, what's up, guys? I'm happy to be here. Uh, Al, is it actually difficult for you to say your own name? Like when you read it off of like a script, is it hard? Do you like read it and like try really not to mess it up? Dude, it means bad forehead in Italian. So I just try to get it out of my mouth as quick as possible. So that flies under the radar and no one calls Uh, me out on it. (laughs) Yeah, that's tough. That's really tough, man. I'm sorry. I know we can't all have those like five letter last names like Brault or Jeter or, you know, quick little ones like that. So, you yeah, down well, there. I'm Stephen Joseph Brault, which each my each of my names have six letters. So six, six, six. So, you know, we all have our problems. <laughs> you know, obviously, you know, first of all, can you just take the folks at home a little through your background as far as your beginnings as someone who. I think greatly exemplifies the love of both baseball and the arts and I guess how you developed your passion for both. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I, as a kid, you know, my, my parents are big baseball fans. I grew up in San Diego, so I was a huge Padres fan. I still am. And, um, you know, you know, as when you're a little kid, you start playing baseball. It's what you do uh, if your parents are baseball fans. So I played baseball. Um, and then fifth grade was the first time that anything really came up. And it was uh, the San Diego Opera came to my elementary school and did a production of Rip Van Winkle for whatever reason. And uh, I played Henry Hudson and I just, I loved it. It was super fun. Um, so then I started doing community theater in sixth grade, auditioned uh, and, you know, got some tiny part, but just had a blast. And 
got a lot of friends, brought some more friends in, uh, and then just kind of kept building until my junior year of high school, I finally started singing, uh, choir and, you know, so it's, I mean, there's more, um, you know, I went to college at Regis university where I studied, um, music. So, I mean, it's been a lot of stuff now. How did your peers view your dual participation in both sports and the arts in high school? And then I guess into college as well. I, I don't know. I had friends that were, you know, that did both. I had friends in music. I had friends in baseball. I had friends that did both, um, or at least liked both. And, you know, I had actually in high school, so we were in a, a rock band, me and a few of my friends that were in theater, but also loved baseball. And then, uh, when I was, uh, when I, the choir that I was in, like got to go to Europe every year for 10 days. And so I convinced like eight of the guys on the baseball slash football team, cause we needed more guys. I was like, Hey, if you guys come join choir, like you'll get to go to Europe for 10 days. Like it's sick. And so I did. Uh, and, uh, so it kind of grew from there. And then college, my junior recital, which, you know, was classical music, opera. I mean, it was all in Latin and Spanish and Italian, you know, every other German, French. Uh, I had like 15 of my teammates at the recital with no idea what was going on, but they're just very supportive. So it's, I've always had that kind of support system, which has been very helpful, I think. Well, I think because you're a gregarious and effusive person, I think your personality, and I watched actually your junior performance, you sing, but you also are so emotive. It seems like that you bring part of yourself to every single performance. I was wondering if like, you know, you play baseball. I'm wondering how do you keep that calm and that cool going each time? When you're on the mound, all of those things that I, when I do, when I perform all the emotion that I try to show when I'm on the mound, I feel all of those things and I act and I just keep it all, try to keep a straight face when in my head, I'm like, you know, like extremely angry when things go poorly, but just keep a straight face like nothing happened. And then you can go into the clubhouse later and blow it up if you need to. <laughs> How do your big league teammates react to that? Uh, I think every, oh, but I am by far one of the least crazy people when it comes to not performing well. People, some people love the whole blow up thing. It's not necessarily my thing. I've done it, but I don't do it all the time. I guess you grew up around San Diego. Did you used to go catch your shows at La Jolla Playhouse? Is that like the main spot that uh, a kid in your area would go to catch their uh, musical theater? Uh, it depends. I mean, La Jolla Playhouse is good. And I've actually had a few friends perform there. Um, and then, uh, I mean, but if you're going to go see like the off-Broadway shows, that's at the San Diego Civic Center, uh, which is downtown. And that's probably where I've seen the most shows. Did you used to come to New York much and catch some actual Broadway? I've literally never seen a show on actual Broadway. Get the hell out of here. So everything no, we saw was the no, touring no, production no, in California. No, no, no. This yeah. is this is this is critical for someone who has released an album and sound has the voice of an angel. Are you kidding me? You've not uh, these Broadway shows, but you know all these songs succinctly, and you can literally be a top one hit. What? Well, thank you. I, I like to think of it more of a mix of Fergie and Jesus, uh, <laughs> but I've never had the opportunity to go see a show on Broadway because whenever we're in New York, it's we're playing. Um, and when I was a kid, you know, it just wasn't really a huge, uh, like I wasn't, I, I didn't need to go to a Broadway show. And honestly, like 
I wouldn't have asked my parents to take us to a Broadway show because they were super expensive. I was one of four kids. Like, I mean, we had a lot going on, you know? So, I mean, I think it's incredible. Like the, you are honestly a multi-threat in multiple ways, but I would love for you to meet some previous guests. We had Derek, remember? Um, Derek Klenna. Do you know Derek Klenna, Steven? Mm-mm. No. Oh my God. A jagged little pill. Oh, he plays Nick. He, this guy, I guarantee is going to be nominated for a Tony award. He was actually, Al, would you please inform our guests if you don't mind? Well, no, basically like you, he grew up in Southern California and he participated in both sports and the arts. He went to UCLA for theater, but ended up playing baseball there as a freshman. He redshirted and then uh, he took the. He ended up taking the theater passion further beyond college as opposed he, he to baseball. With, he pitched with Garrett Cole and Trevor Bauer as well at UCLA. Yeah. So it's like interesting to get his perspective from that. And so we get to talk to you. And it's just fascinating how there's this crossroad and that it's amazing between sports and arts, how the two connect. Like you've got a physicality. I saw you performing actually on air or YouTube. And you have this presence where it's like, you know what? You're effusive and you actually can perform. Like, you know what? It's not just singing. You got to create. You know what? I said Bo Jackson before, Deion Sanders, dual sport athletes, but you've got to become the next dual sport triple threat being all those. I'm telling you, my man. Thank you. I'll, I'll try. It's not necessarily up to me, uh, but I actually, I did get in trouble when I was singing, uh, you know, I was singing classical music and doing these performances in college. Uh, my, my first vocal coach that I had would, she was an angry woman and she would just like get so mad at me for like emoting so much when, you know, when I'm supposed to be like singing a classical song and being technically correct and, you know, having the right form and singing exactly perfectly. And I'm just like, I don't do that. And so I actually changed vocal coaches, uh, in between like uh, my sophomore year, because I was just like, that is not for me. That is not what I want to do. So I, I get it. But I did get to just perform right before the season with the uh, Pittsburgh Symphony. We did a, a blockbuster Broadway thing. Um, and I got to sing with, I, I had to get their last names. Uh, but these three women who have been on Broadway for a long time is Jessica Hendy, uh, Kelly Rapke, and Carrie O'Malley. Um, and they've all, you know, done their fair share crazy amounts of of uh i know jess was on cats um she's you know she was in the original and uh on tour and in the revival and uh what is that song something dream memory memory there you go yeah (laughs) Yeah. so she got on the broadway revival she was the you know the cat singing memory yeah grisabella sure i don't know anything about cats Good for her. She was, good for her that she wasn't in the movie. Uh, right. You, <laughs> now it's funny. So you chose to sit, now. This is your first real album release, right? Yeah. What made you want to uh, center it around show tunes? Uh, well, I so I mean I did rock albums when I was in high school. We wrote our own music, and then I was in a few bands like in college, and then to um, a little bit when I was playing in the minor leagues. But this was the first. Um, album that was you know my my album Stephen Brault album and it was uh, I got approached by a producer in LA who has worked with Bernie Williams on his albums Bronson Arroyo uh, and Nick Swisher um, and he was like you know I've seen you do this other stuff I think it'd be really interesting if instead of just going like the 
the normal rock band or pop route. We went something that would stand out. And he knew my, you know, my past with Broadway and he asked me and I was like, that sounds great to me. I'm in. Let's do it. So <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, you know, as far as the song selection goes, you pick some really, really great Broadway classics and you even incorporated, you know, some more modern stuff from Wicked and Dear Evan Hansen in there. What went into covering the songs that you did? Were they based on favorite shows and soundtracks? Yeah. So what we did was at the beginning, it was spring training of 2019 that he first approached my agency and then they talked to me and then I started talking to him. And basically what we did was we compiled, I compiled like all of the musicals slash any other specific songs that I really enjoyed that, you know, we could throw onto it. And we had probably like 60 to 70 songs on a list. And what we would do is we would every now and then you know, he would text me and be like, Hey, let's eliminate this one and this one. And I would, you know, a few days, whatever they let's eliminate this one, this one, and this one. And, uh, we started at 60 to 70, we got down to 12. Um, I kind of wish that I, I had that original list. Um, but you know, we just literally edited it down to what it is now. So that, um, it's fine. Uh, but it's, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, we went literally, you know, we have a song from Hades town, which has another major league baseball player on it, Josh Bell, who's our first baseman. Uh, he does the Hermes part, the speaking part. Um, and then we go back to carousel. So kind of big, big gap. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. There was one that I found particularly interesting. You did Defying Gravity. By any chance, did you happen to watch Glee? Oh, of course they did, yeah. So they touched on how that one in particular, culturally, for many years due to various ignorance, it was a song that a lot of people said should only be sung by a girl. Chris Colfer, who played Kurt, actually suggested it to Ryan Murphy, who created the show, because when Chris Colfer was in school, his choir teacher wouldn't let him sing the song for that reason. You sing Elphaba's part in the album. Tell us a little bit about that one. Yeah, I so Wicked and Fan of the Opera are my two favorite shows. Um, and I've seen them both a lot of times. And for me, uh, there's, there's two parts in those shows that are the best in family opera. It's the beginning of the show. As soon as the lights go down and the organ is just so loud and just goes, da, 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 you know, and it's just like, Oh, it's phantom. Let's go. Um, but then in wicked at the end of the first act, defying gravity, it's impossible not to cry. Like, I mean, you, if you really want to fight it, you know, you're still like wiping tears from your face. Like, no, I'm not crying. I'm not crying. You're crying. Um, <laughs> and, and I, 
I just wanted to sing that song. I've wanted to sing that song forever. And my whole life I've listened to it on the original Broadway soundtrack. And, uh, and I've just been like, well, that's, that's too high. I, I can't hit those notes. I know that I, I could, but it would sound terrible. So you can, you can. Uh, uh, thank you. Um, so what we did was uh, we actually raised the key by a whole step and then uh, I sang it the octave below. So that's how we decided would be the best way to do it. And honestly, it's still a little bit lower than I would have liked, but I knew I wanted a woman uh, to sing the Glinda part. So it couldn't be too much higher because then a woman wouldn't be able to hit the notes. So um, it was a fun little, little, you know, mix up game. It was a good time. Yeah, that was awesome. And, and you know, ideally, you know, I'm not sure if it's going to be in 2020, but one day, if you have like a Saturday day game at City Field, hopefully you'll be able to catch that one uh, at night because seeing there's something about seeing it at the George Gershwin that at least for me, it's one I've said before on the show, that's on a short list of shows that I've seen twice. I think there's all of three shows that fall into that. See, I'm bad. I see the same shows a lot. And then I, uh, but I listen to every soundtrack. I mean, I listen to all, all of the soundtracks. Um because I feel like it's the much lazier version of going to the show. <laughs> you know, it's fun trying to put together the plot of a musical by just listening to the soundtrack. Don't look it up at all. Just so dear Evan Hansen, for example, I listened to probably a hundred times through without knowing at all that it was an extremely depressing show. Wait, Dude, same. Gonna, I thought it was going to be humor at first. And then just, yeah. you know what? You get surprised. <laughs> you do. And like, it was just very interesting when I was like, I was listening to, through it and I was like, clearly something happened, but like, you know, he's, he's this guy's friend. And then, you know, it's sad. And then I went look at the plot and like, he never knew him. What did I miss here? Like, <laughs> I, I was lost, but that's okay. It's still really fun. That's one of the few shows that I listened to the soundtrack before going, because for me, I it's like just kind of a thing of mine where I don't want to listen to the soundtrack before I go. But for that one, Tickets were in such demand and they were so expensive. It's I'm like, damn, I've heard all these good things. Like I eventually caved. And then Doug and I did go to see the show when I think it was almost all of the original cast, less Ben Platt. We went like February of 2018, right, Doug? And then I yeah, think that ben, yeah, Laura I mean, Dreyfus was still in it, Michael Parker. Three or four cocktails. I'm not sure, but it was fun. Uh, you know, I okay, the way I equate that is would you I wouldn't really go see a concert of band I didn't know. So like I don't mind listening to the soundtrack first because specifically because I like to know if I'm going to like the music in the show. Like for example, Avenue Q, I listened to a bunch before I went and saw it, which I saw with my friend's mom, which was super awkward. Just the um, two of you? No, <laughs> I guess I should. It was me and my friend and his mom. Yeah. But like being that we were like, you know, 16 and they're all making all these jokes about sex and like, and I was just like, oh, my God. Oh, no. I had no idea it was this bad. But I don't care. I'm enjoying it. So whatever. But I was going to ask you, how did you get from classic rock where you were with your bands, like with your like your friends, and then you went over to Broadway? Because like I, I'm like, I'm I'm thrilled that you did because your voice is freaking natural as a tenor and also the way that you're emphatic and the way you move and the emotions you have. Show my pops about it today. And he's like, that's actually a guy that belongs on Broadway. Oh, uh, thank you. Uh, I got to, you know, I got to meet a lot of Broadway people uh, through this process and it's been really fun. 
Um, but honestly, I sang, you know, rock music growing up. I listened to my favorite bands growing up were System of a Down, Incubus. Um, and then I went like Avenged Sevenfold. And nowadays, uh, Chris Cornell is my favorite musical artist. Um, and so I kind of bounce around the alternative rock scene. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I just loved the music in musical theater because it gives so much more emotion and such a bigger, like stronger message. I think you can portray through acting plus singing. You know, I think it all brings it all together. So like I got to, you know, Adam Pascal, uh, you know, it was a duet with me on this album, Butter Out of Cream from Catch Me If You Can. And, uh, and it was so much fun, like getting to sing with him in studio and just being able to be around him and just see the way he does things. And his voice is so unique and awesome. And I've loved him forever. Uh, so like getting to have him come on was just amazing. And we had Natalia Vivino, who is uh, in tour with Wicked before obviously all this happened. And she sang on If I Could Tell Her from Jared Hansen and It Only Takes a Taste from Waitress. So, I mean... Ah, it's just been so cool. It's been so cool. I really did love the album. And it's funny you mentioned Adam Pascal. I had seen him in Disaster. And then, of course, you know, he was in Rent back in the day. Your own version of Seasons of Love, though, was fantastic, man. I thought that that was one of that was certainly a standout for sure. Thanks. Yeah, we did. A, so that one was with Bill Champlin and his group. And uh, Bill Champlin was the lead singer of the band Chicago for 26 years. So he's got some some chops for sure. Oh yeah, he came in after Peter Cetera left. Actually, I I, I remember that guy. Yes. <laughs> now I got to tell you this. I'm not sure if you'd ever consider doing it. You know, once things get back to normal, uh, doing like a one-off on Broadway. I'm not sure if you heard a few years ago, Mark Teixeira did a one-off in Rock of Ages, and Cece did the same thing last year. Would you ever consider well, doing something like that? Uh, I want you to rack your brain for the one thing that they have in common. They're Yankees. Nah, I mean, go. who cares though? I mean, it, now this is your chance to make your imprint on the Broadway community. My my goal, uh, I've I've heard that there's a possibility that it could happen uh, to be able to be what's the guy's name in Chicago because they do like one to three month stints. Harry um, no, no, like oh, like the Billy Flynn parts, like yeah, Flynn, they do that yeah. with Roxy all the time. Yeah, they swap the leads in and out. You know, yeah. Just, so, they just had one of the Real Housewives as Roxy Hart. Okay, uh, yeah. So, months, yeah. so uh, Pascal was telling me like he was because he did it. He was Billy Flynn for three months one year, and he was like, "You should, you should do that." You know, next off season. And I was like, Adam, I don't think you understand how this works. I can't just go like rehearse for you know a month or whatever and then just go do this for three months and then start baseball again i would love to but i don't think i can make that happen so that's why you think you can't like because i was wondering you could be like a quadruple threat you have everything man you are literally like you would be incredible at whatever you do you're a musician you're an athlete your personality but like I was wondering, is baseball take too much time that you can't have in the off season to be able to actually do some Broadway productions? I mean, you have an off season. Uh, who knows what this year will be with this curtain situation that's going on? But uh, the way the way that it works is two. It's twofold. One, you actually have to obviously do your work, right? You have to um, get your workouts. You have to get your throwing and stuff. But you'd be able to do that in the mornings. You know, if you had shows at night, you could do it. The problem is that the optics. So like 
I mean, I released an album this year, right? And it took me two weeks to record in the studio. And then I had to go up like one day here and there to up back up to LA to the studio from San Diego uh, during the off season to do it. And you still get the people saying like, oh, he should be paying attention to baseball instead of doing this album. And it's like, dude, we don't, we, we don't do baseball 24-7. You can't. It's impossible. It's a physical activity. <laughs> you have to do other things. So it's just... So there's, there's multiple parts to it, but you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, who was saying that out of curiosity? Uh, the, the, uh, people saying that I should be paying attention to the album. Yeah. Oh, it's a- angry people on the internet. Obviously. Listen, I'm a baseball fan and Broadway fan equally. I feel like so many people, especially when it comes to sports, sometimes can't separate the need for, for any sort of performer, whether it be on stage or at the stadium, to have those outlets. And when you have a creative outlet, I I just don't get why they they sometimes don't understand why, or sometimes they don't understand how it can translate to more productivity on the field, which is all they seem to want anyway. Right. I mean, it's a... Okay, so during the season uh, for a night game, get up at around nine or so. I'm an early riser in baseball. Uh, during the off season, I wake up at like six thirty. So, but during the season, you go to bed later. So, I wake up at like nine, and then I have from nine until about twelve thirty, one o'clock, uh, to have time to myself. And then you go to the field, and you're at the field until eleven, right? So it's like we're at the field for so long that those hours that you're not at the field, you should not be thinking about baseball because it will tear you apart. Because if I had a like a bad outing three days ago, and in the time that I'm at home, if I'm like watching video the entire time, all you're going to do is overprocess things, overthink it. It's not going to help. You need you need to be able to separate a little bit. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So separate. I mean, we're talking about separation right now. We have two different spring training leagues. We've got the Arizona League, the Cactus League, and then we've got the Florida League, which is the Grapefruit League. We've heard recent proposals that we could have two different types of seasons, removing the AL and the NL. As someone who's actually a professional pitcher in the NL, what do you feel about that? Because there must be designated hitter that is going to be proposed, and it just seems crazy at the onset. Is this just a grasp at straws, or what do you think, just to get a more serious note? Sorry, my friend. No, no, no. It's uh, I, I love this stuff. So... First of all, I think that the DH universally is coming. I do. 
I think that that's what people want and I understand it. I totally do. However, I think that all of the things that are coming out are being discussed. I think that they, like, there's a reason that they come out. It's not just somebody saying it on the internet. It's probably in the discussions between MLB and the Players Association. But that doesn't mean it has any basis in actually going to happen. It's just somebody at a table going, what if we just like did both spring trainings? And like, that was the two leagues. Like, okay, well then the teams in Arizona get to play all within 30 minutes of each other. And the teams in Florida have to go four hours to go play each other. Like that doesn't take make buses. Sense. Yeah. And so- yeah. So, um, you know, we've also heard the proposal of everybody going to Arizona and playing it that way and being sequestered in hotels and like literally not being able to leave other than field hotel. And that's it. Um, you've heard like the, uh, we're just going to wait it out, maybe play a bunch of double headers, uh, maybe, maybe play until December, you know, we're hearing it all. The truth is nothing's going to matter until we, we start to get some kind of like, okays from the government. Like, all right, we can start, you know, at least having 30 people together again. Because right now it's down, it's 10, right? I mean, we can't have more than 10 people in any place. And they're even, the government doesn't like that. So it's like, who knows what's actually going to happen. But yeah, grasping at straws, I would call it. Now, is there a minimum number of games that you think that they'd have to get get into a schedule to make it all worth it for you as players? No, I think they'll, they'll play as few or as many games as they possibly can because they're, it, it no matter how many games you play, it is beneficial to both the players and the owners money wise to play as many games as you can. So if you can only play 30 games, play 30 games, you know, and you talk about beneficial, think about how beneficial it would be to our country just to have something like this that we could rally behind and maybe have that, that hint of normalcy and to give people some joy. That's why, listen, Mark Teixeira is one of my all time favorite Yankees ever but based on this his reaction to this whole thing and i know he he was he was always a very outspoken player but he was ta- he was speaking as if they would be asking you guys to play 100 games in 50 days that's not what the proposal is just to get back onto the field there's so much passion among so many of these great players around the league that i really hope that they could put together something whether it's 30 games 60 games 100 um I guess, like you said, though, it very much remains to be seen just, you know, based on what the government dictates. And No, they got weird spells, man. They're talking about seven-inning games, double-headers, like talking about playing in Florida and then Arizona, creating two different leagues, getting rid of the AL and the NL. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I mean, see, what, what would you like? I mean, I don't know. You're the yeah, one. Uh, what would I like? I mean, I, I think the, the best – the best thing we can do is if we can play as soon as possible, if that means that we play our first month in Arizona, everybody's in Arizona, there's no fans and you know, like we're playing some kind of weird schedule in which you can't, you, know, you have to separate for a day. If anybody gets it, basically it's like, then we have to quarantine a team, whatever they have to do. But I think that as soon as you can start playing games, you need to, because you know, baseball, uh, as much as, as we love it is kind of, as far as viewership goes, continues to go down and uh, that sucks. So how do, how do you boost viewership? If major league baseball is literally the only live sport on TV 
do you know how much people are going to get back into it? Because even when the other sports start, they'll be like, yeah, but I got into this baseball season. And so like, I'm going to stick with it. Like I got to see this thing out. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I think we should just play as soon as possible. That like, whatever that means. So much of that is going to fall on both Bob Manfred and Tony Clark, who were very much at the uh, center of everything that happened this offseason before coronavirus. Real quick, what did you think of the whole Astros scandal and how Manfred handled it? Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> it's hard to talk about because there's a there's few ways to look at it. One, everybody in baseball is always looking for an edge. Anybody who's ever played baseball will tell you, at some point, they tried something that was uh, not legal by the rules of the game. That is true, you know. Um, but I think that using technology to, to to further your team's success is is really crossing a line. So uh, I am one of many players that don't like it at all, um, and I wish they had gotten more punishment. I do. I, th- I wish the players had gotten uh, more punished, but um, you know. We can't necessarily, we don't decide punishments. So basically at this point, it's just like, at least the world knows now that you cheated and you're, you know, they were like the, the golden boys of major league baseball and they're definitely not that anymore. And so I guess that kind of loss of status is, is pretty good punishment in itself. But, you know, did you have any inkling that this was going on? Oh, everybody did. But, but the problem is that it's not like, it's not something you know for sure. Like the fires was able to report it because he, you know, was there and he saw it, but it's something that like we talk about, you know, there's a possibility whenever we're on the road, we don't trust any other team. So when we're on the road, we're using different signs every inning. Like even with nobody on base, we're using different signs because we don't trust anybody. Um, so I, I don't know if they're the only team. I don't, I, I have no idea. I just know that it pays off to be paranoid sometimes. Now, Steven, we do one segment to wrap every show. It's called fastball derby. I usually parallel this from a hitter's perspective being a third baseman, but, uh, since you've been making some pitches at Broadway, I want you to envision this. It's the ninth inning team is up a run bases are loaded. And you got to retire that last hitter and be on your game with your pitch selection. So we throw a question at you, and you say the first thing that comes to your head. How does that sound? Okay. Let's see, uh, let's see how this goes. Favorite place to eat in New York City? Uh, uh, I don't even know anywhere to eat in New York City. Oh, Lava. Boom. Nice. All-time favorite cast album? Wicked's the first thing that came to mind. Well, you know, we've always got, you know, a favorite actor, actress. Whenever growing up, or I was very older, but I gotta say, right now, who's your favorite actor and actress across the whole Broadway spectrum? Oh my God. Uh, well, Adam Pascal is my favorite of all time. Um, and actress, dude, I, uh, Laura Dreyfus for me, uh, because of Dear Evan Hansen, because I didn't know who she was going into, because I don't know anything. I'm bad with brought with actors and actresses specifically, and I just absolutely loved her in that show. This guy is the most incredible human being we've ever had. Like, <laughs> she was great in Glee. Also, she was in the final season. Actually, oh, really? I didn't see the final season. 
honestly, the peak is one through four. Then Corey Monteith died and it mostly went to hell. But yeah, she's she's big talent. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take this one. Baseball film you think would work best as a Broadway musical? Field of Dreams. There's magic in it. They tried to no. They tried to make Bull Durham happen, and it like got like an out of town tryout, and kind of, they couldn't agree on a price or something like but that. They, as far they, as they 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 I mean, but I, if you go like that's eh, true, just in the outfield, but that'd be tough. I, I see. I like Field of Dreams because you don't need to. If there's no special effects needed. They're just like people. You just we yeah. know that they're magical. You actually learn baseball. so i gotta ask like a two-part question like as a pitcher so you're also a two-way player i guarantee you could be like michael lorenzen so i'm going to ask you most difficult hitter you faced while pitching and also most difficult pitcher while you've been hitting because you're uh, you dude you i mean i've never like you think you could do this because i truly believe you are a 268 like you're in the high 260s over your career, last year you had 336. You got this, man. Like, you've got a multiple career options. Thanks. Uh, well, okay, so <laughs> hardest hitter I pitched against. Uh, the funny thing is, so it was Matt Kemp, but he's not playing anymore. Matt Kemp, I think career against me is like three for four with uh, a two-run double and two three-run home runs. I'm not kidding. <laughs> uh, he just he has my number, but he's not playing anymore. So, um, and then when I faced Jake Arrieta when he when I, as a hitter in 2016 when he won the Cy Young, and he was impossible. I mean, it was 95, and it like it was like the ball was actually not being thrown. I did not strike out though. I grounded out back to him and I was very proud of myself for not striking out. That's pride, babe. Don't worry. Yeah. Like, it's like, what's yeah. the ball? If you make contact, you're like, I did good. I was like, nice. And <laughs> <laughs> Now this one's from our friend Whitney, who's a big Pirates fan. If you had to cast some of your teammates in a show, which show would you choose and which roles would they play? Hmm. Uh, I would go, I would go in the Heights. Okay. And the reason being, because there's a little bit more, uh, speak singing. There's a little bit more, not necessarily rap, but you know, spoken yeah. word kind of, you know what I mean? Um, and I would go Josh Bell because he's proven that he can do it. I would go Kenny Kayla because I know he can rap. What? Can you do a Josh Bell imitation? Uh, how to get to Hades town. You have to take the long way down. I can't. He's very low sounds. He literally sounds like gravy. Like you just wanted to sing you to sleep. You're like, okay, just talk whatever you want, Josh. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, God, the man. Um, and then I put Trevor in there for comedic relief. Um, and he's also got some musical talent. And then Cole Tucker's also got some musical talent too. I don't know if he sings or anything, but he definitely plays drums and guitar. Dude, so Cole, I think we can. playing tonight, dude, at nine o'clock. I know. Playing tonight. I know. So yeah, it's good stuff. Steven, last one. Best piece of advice anyone ever gave you? Uh, when I was deciding what school I was going to go to, I had a, my choir professor was a hard ass. His name was Dr. Basilio. And I told him that I wanted to go to a school uh, that could do music and baseball. And he said, if you go do both, if you're wanting to do both, then you clearly don't have the drive to make it in either. And so what that meant for me was, I'm going to show your ass that I can do both. And uh, so the best piece of advice I ever got was actually anti-advice. And I 
put it in my favor. Yeah, but I got to say, thank you so much for being with us, Stephen. I got to say, you really meant a lot. And uh, I can't thank you enough, man. You're really chill and you're teaching everyone across America that happiness comes through different ways. And we've got different sports, different types of ideas of art that can make us happy. I agree. And I think that uh, if you find something you're passionate about and you have even the slightest ability to do it, I think you should definitely follow along with it for a while. I love that, Stephen. And uh, like Doug said, I can't thank you enough for uh, joining us today. Where can uh, everyone find you on social media? Uh, uh, I have a Twitter. I don't really ever look at it. Um, but on Instagram, it's scuba, S-K-O-O-B-U-H. Or you can just search my name, Stephen Ball, and it'll come up. Um, I'm also on Reddit uh, as A underscore minor underscore leaguer because I made that Reddit account in 2015 when I was in the minor leagues. And you can't change the name. Uh, and so I, I've done some, uh, AMAs and stuff on there, uh, which has been fun, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place. Thank you again, Steven and, um, Doug, always a pleasure, buddy. This is Al Malafronte signing off from the Broadway podcast network and break a bat. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to break a bat. This is produced by the fine folks at the Broadway podcast network. Visit and subscribe at bpn.fm slash breakabat. You can find me online at break underscore a underscore bat underscore podcast. And you can also find the Broadway Podcast Network on Instagram at Broadway Podcast Network. It's been so great having you here with us today, and we'll see you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.